Hey everyone, this is David Kern. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. I won't keep you too long, but I did want to say a quick word from our friends over at Duke University's Arite Initiative. This summer, from July 9th through the 14th, they're going to be hosting the High School Summer Seminar on Ethics, Philosophy, and Religion on Duke's campus in Durham, North Carolina. This seminar is going to prepare high school students with a roadmap for approaching those same subjects in college. Using texts from literature, philosophy, and theology, the seminar will examine such topics as the meaning of virtue, the substance of human nature, the question of human flourishing, the metaphysics of reality, and the nature of truth. Students will also discuss the ideas of natural law, the relationship between philosophy and theology, and the relationship between science and religion. The seminar will be co-taught by several Duke University instructors and professors. It's open to current high school students entering their junior or senior years. There's no fee associated with applying or attending. Let me repeat that. There is no fee at all for applying or attending. And those admitted will be housed in the Duke dormitories and provided with meal cards. So again, that's no fee of any kind associated with applying or attending, and it includes lodging and meal cards. Pretty good deal, I think. Students interested in applying should email John Rose at John dot rose at duke.edu that's j-o-h-n dot rose r-o-s-e at duke.edu applications will be considered on a rolling basis until april 26th 2018 and again that's john dot rose at duke.edu and with that enjoy your show hello and welcome to ask andrew Today, we have the privilege of being uh, visited by Greg Wilbur. Is it Dr. Greg Wilbur? No, Mr. Mr. Yes. Mr. Greg Wilbur, <laughs> who's with the a college in Franklin, Tennessee, called New College Franklin. And the privilege of this, well, there's so many privileges. First of all, Greg's a friend of mine, and I'm honored to be able to say that. So this is just good to see you again. Indeed, it is for me as well. Good. And, and then secondly, Greg is, well, let me put it this way, New College Franklin is putting more thought into the way a college curriculum should be designed, in particular in relation to the seven liberal arts, as you've heard me say, the seven liberating arts, than any college I'm aware of. I'm not going to say than any college in the world. There might be one somewhere that's thinking about it even more. But in my opinion, what New College Franklin is doing is is one of the most important things happening in college today in the United States. And if you are... This is not, you know, this is not an advertisement or whatever, but if you are thinking about um, putting your kids or if you're a homeschool student, if you're a student and you're a classical student, especially, and you're looking at a really unique college, uh, thinking more deeply about why they exist than almost any other college in the world, this is one you want to look at. Thank you. Yes. We, we place great importance in the idea of the de- development of the student, not just intellectually, but also spiritually. And part of that is the concentration we put on the seven liberating arts. Yeah, fantastic. And that's why I wanted to do a podcast. Greg was going through town today, and as we were chatting this morning and over lunch, I said, you know what, we've got we've to talk about this on the air. So what we're going to do, I asked Greg to come up with some questions, um, and and it fits in with things we've been talking about. And the question that I really like here is, um, he, he put it this way, what is the great dance and why does it matter? And I like that question at, initially because I'm mischievous, as my wife told me yesterday, <laughs> and it doesn't seem like a relevant question. So, Greg, what the heck? What are you thinking? The great, what is the great dance and why does it matter? <laughs> you know, part of that is, you know, the... Uh, 
sometimes you have to get through the hard work before you get to the cookies. And oh. uh, uh, the great dance is a bit of the uh, the, the the joy and the uh, uh, the blessing and the cookies of uh, of working through the quadrivium. But the the idea of the great dance is um, is kind of the um, the philosophical conclusion of what cosmology or astronomy in terms of the quadrivium winds up being, which is that the universe is upheld by the word of power through Christ, that everything is upheld through him and him, and that it interweaves in patterns and in movement, um, wheels within wheels, um, that forms a dance. And on all the aspects of what we think of with regard to dance, um, true dance, not modern dance, uh, <laughs> not, well, people, no. <laughs> not, not, not people, you know, standing in front of each other, dancing at each other, mm-hmm. um, but the idea of dancing together, uh, that there is, there is a knowledge that's involved. Mm-hmm. There's a submission, a mutual submission. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a one in the many, there's, um, uh, the collective aspect of, of couples individually moving within the context of a greater whole. Um, think, for example, um, you know, English country dancing, Jane Austen movies, that type of thing, mm-hmm. in which mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a there's an order and a pattern to that, uh, and then think about that on a, on a cosmic level, uh, of of that being upheld by the word of of power through Christ. That that is um, what's operating on a cosmic level. By cosmic, you mean like planets and stars, solar systems, galaxies. Well, in the, yes, but the beauty of that, but also from uh, from history, providence, and all the way down to individual atoms and cells so all those things ah, microcosm macrocosm yes, exactly huh wow so cosmic microcosmic macrocosmic does it relate to economics everything relates to the great dance that's the simple answer <laughs> but yes i okay. mean i mean in terms of of how things uh interweave cause and effect how um how there's a uh, um the, the ways in which means uh, even our our um, our perceptions, our attitudes, our proclivities, our affections, you know, all, all those things uh, move towards us, how we make decisions, how we interact with one another, giftings, etc., and how all those things weave together is part of how the great dance then is part of life. Okay, so so now I'm hearing you talking in, in I'm responding to in relation to curriculum. Yes. Okay, so what we're doing is we're sending kids to school. We're teaching our kids so they learn how to dance. <laughs> in a in a theological sense, yes. I mean, from, from the standpoint, and there's um, there's a re- very real way in which you can't know anything completely without knowing everything. Fair, okay. Because there's an interconnectedness. Now, obviously. Part of knowing something is knowing its relations. Right. Okay. And we're not ever going to know all those things, but that shouldn't stop us right. from pursuing those things. And so there's always, I mean, part of the difficulty that we have in terms of curriculum is when we isolate individual ideas mm-hmm. into subjects or, or, or shut them off from how they interconnect with one another. And that's, and that's part of the beauty of the quadrivium, too, is that you see the interconnectedness of number, number and relationship, number and relationship and time number and relationship in time moving in space that all those things are you know one of the reasons i taught geometry um a number of years ago was i wanted to understand the connection between geometry and music mm-hmm. i should mention greg is a composer and and well he's about to sell you yeah, well, yeah my yeah, background please. is music and so you know what the heck does you know 
geometry have to do with music? Everything. I mean, there's a very real sense in which music is heard geometry. Interesting. And that music is heard geometry. Yeah. In, in terms okay, of ge- I'm musically illiterate. <laughs> Help me with that one. In terms of in terms of geometry being, uh, especially working through Euclid, the idea of number in relationship and how that plays out then in geometric shapes and in propositions and the logical aspect of that, that music is also um, predicated on the idea of relationship and ratios, uh, that, that um, one note to another has a proportion to it. Um, the ways in which we measure the idea of a sound is a number in terms of the frequency, the, the megahertz, the vibrations in the right, air, right? Okay, and okay. so and so you have you have number against number, ratios, proportions, etc., uh, expressed not just um, visually or algebraically, uh-huh. but orally in music. In music. And you have that happening on a uh, vertical level as well as a horizontal level. What do you mean? The ways in which a uh, note sounds against note in terms of things sounding in the same time in a vertical sense or horizontally in which they uh, sound in succession. So the relationship between one note to the note after it would be a horizontal relationship or the relationship of a note to um, other sounds that are playing concurrently or sounding concurrently would be a vertical relationship. So this is horizontal. Oops, can't hear it. <laughs> this is horizontal. Yes. And this is vertical. And Correct. sounded really bad because I don't have a chord. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> See, I can play. <laughs> can't, I can't perform, but I can play. Okay, I got it. So a chord, excuse me, a chord then is vertical. Yes. And and a, what a melody is horizontal. Yes. Okay. And and are you saying that's that's echoed in other dimensions of our lives of the world we live in? Yes. I mean, think think of it this way. Think less like um, um, a, a pop song. Because I know you're thinking about pop songs right now. No, I'm not. I don't think about pop songs. <laughs> if I can help it, <laughs> uh, think less of the idea of there being a uh, a predominant voice which is singing a melody, and everything else is subservient to that by providing harmonic structure. Um, think more like um, a Renaissance piece of music, in which each voice part has melodic content, and so whether it's three, six. 40 voices, depending on the, upon the part. Each one has its own uh, horizontal identity. Uh, Meaning it's melody. It's melody. And so you basically have melodies that are playing off one another. So as these melodies are sounding together, it creates uh, secondarily a vertical... Ah, because there's a number of voices at the same time. Right. Is that texture then? Is that the idea of for vocal texture? Is that what they mean by that term? Right. Well, yeah, that would be what's sounding at one particular time or another. But yes, so you've got this texture that's going on vertically, but the uh, the priority is is horizontal in terms of the relationship of those individual lines. Which is why in some Renaissance pieces of music you, there are these unexpected clashes of notes. Okay. <clears throat> because um, be, because the uh, the horizontal aspect of the melody has precedence 
over the resulting harmony in a vertical sense. Ah. And so what you have there musically then is, is uh, individual parts, individual melodies, which together result in, in harmonious um, movement on a vertical sense. So translate that then to, um, you know, what does it look like uh, to be in relationship? We, you know, take, take well, this, this move to the field of, of academics here. You have, a, you have a staff at a school. Okay. And each one of your staff members has a, a particular role to play, whether that's uh, in the classroom teaching a particular subject or discipline, uh, whether that's the administrative staff, um, that there is a particular, there's a particular melody that they're singing. Right. Uh, right that there's right. a particular role that they play. And then all together, as those things sound, as those individual parts are harmonious within the, the horizontal, it creates a vertical harmoniousness. Or a clash. Or a clash. Or a discord that needs that's, to be resolved see, that's, to a that's, harmony. That's so good because I think about this, I think about this more than you would think somebody as unmusically as me thinks about this. Um, Brian Phillips, Dr. Phillips, does a lot of work on the six six uh, threads or th- six dimensions of a school life, right? The governance, mm-hmm. the the uh, curriculum, the pedagogy, the assessment. To me, the 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 um, to my understanding, the way education is done nowadays, those four dimensions in particular, those four threads, those four melodies, completely clash with each other. We don't assess the way we teach. We don't teach the way we build the curriculum. We don't build the curriculum. We don't govern in a way that supports those things. Right. And so we have a business government structure. We have a uh, confused curricular structure, fragmented. Then we have war between the romantics and the empiricists <laughs> and the pedagogical. Right. And Descartes wins hands down with the with the rationalism and the assessment. And they're not singing the same song. Right. And they clash and, and everybody can hear the clashing, mm-hmm. but nobody knows how to tune them. Mm-hmm. This is really this is really helpful. Now, we're running out of time, so let me just ask you, are you saying then that the great dance is that just as we just drew an analogy between Renaissance singing, melody and, and uh, well, melody and harmony, but um, vertical and, mm-hmm. and horizontal, then apply that to school life, are you saying that that can be extended more broadly than school life? Yeah, I mean, the, tr- the true sense of... Um I mean, there's so much interplay, too, between the idea of, of um, harmony, true harmony, harmoniousness, and the great dance. Um, but that, that the idea of harmony of the parts working together as a whole mm-hmm. in, 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 um, in concord, not discord. Hey, it, we're in concord right now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're in concord um, um, on, this, on this topic. That, that um, within the context of a school staff or a community or a culture or even even the human body in terms of health, um, that the harmony, or, or, and especially um, theologically, that uh, true peace, shalom, the rightness of things, uh, it bring, you know, Christ brings harmony, brings peace, brings shalom through the blood of the cross that um, takes the discord of the garden and brings concord and brings harmoniousness not just to the individual self, but to creation. And so, the, yeah, the application of that, and when things are, um, when things are in harmony on all those levels, um, that's when the great dance works huh. most beautifully. 
and that people people know their steps. They're in submission to one another, and that there uh, there's knowledge involved, um, but they're doing so together. So when Paul writes in in Ephesians, for example, about it pleased the Father that all things would be one in Christ. This this is this is playing that out. This is this is giving an, an analogy, a metaphor, yes. or maybe just a description. Yes, of what he's getting at. <laughs> That's that's absolutely fantastic. I wish we weren't running out of time. <laughs> so so everybody everybody wants to learn more about this because that's what our heart wants is harmony. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, folks, if you want to learn more about Greg Wilbur, about his thoughts on this, visit visit the website for the school, right? That would that be the best place? Sure. And yes. what is what is the website? NewCollegeFranklin.org. Okay. And you can learn more there. Um in Louisville, Kentucky in May. Uh, we're going to be having a conference on the the uh, the um, seven liberal arts, and Greg will be there, along with um, Brian Phillips, Matt Bianco, Adam Andrews, a few other people, uh, Martin Cothran, and you can learn about that at the Searcy Institute website, searcyinstitute.org. But let me challenge everybody. Let's keep thinking about this. And if you have questions for Ask Andrew, send them to us. And we'll explore further this idea of harmony, the great dance, and so on, because I'm convinced it applies to everything. Yes. That there's nothing that Christ doesn't bring into a blessed unity. Amen. And business, in my opinion, should be thinking more like this. Yes. And certainly we need to, in, in our own lives here at Circe and, and in our, my family and everywhere. So, Greg, closing comment. Thank you so much. I, I love talking about this from the standpoint that it does apply and that it's a different way to think about how um, we approach um, spiritual life, academic life, all of life, and uh, in, a, in a way that brings a much more substantial peace, mm, contentment, yeah. and, uh, and, and gratitude. More, co- more texture mm-hmm. to it. Instead of solving problems, we're resolving discords. Yes. I like that. Greg, thank you. Thank you. May the Lord remember you in his kingdom. Amen. Likewise. <laughs>